In the realm of movies, there aren't that many sequels that live up to the original. There are even fewer that might be better. Off the top of my head, I can think, uh, Terminator 2, Aliens, Toy Story 2, Mighty Ducks 2? Uh, anyway, I think we can all agree that Independence Day Resurgence was worth the wait. Come on. You know I'm kidding. Obviously, what makes a good sequel is up for debate. But, the debate is what I'm talking about here. Sequels are the next chapter in a legacy of intellectual property. And Hollywood is hot to trot for sequels and reboots at the moment. But I feel like us humans struggle with legacy expectations as well. If Dad was an original film, that makes me the fourth entry in a franchise. And that's rarefied air. God, I hope I'm more a Rocky Four than a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad. The podcast for anyone who's ever loved and lost and sought to make sense of those experiences. My name is Doug. Not a day goes by without me wondering what Maxine is going to be like when she grows up. I don't obsess over it. I mean, I look at her face more often than I look at most things in a day, so the proverbial roses are well and sniffed. I can't help it, though. What's she going to be like? What will she like? What will she create? What will she hate? And while pondering all of those possibilities, I can't help but wonder if she will experience life in any of the same ways that I have. And that dovetails nicely into wondering if she will be like me while she's at it. Sometimes, in just the right light, Maxine looks just like a baby me. You put her side by side with some of the pictures in my baby book and it's uncanny. Really though, 95% of the time she's all her mama's daughter. The blue eyes, the smile, a face that invites you to fall in love. But it's a little odd, right? This desire for our kids to be like us? I had a front row seat, midnight preview, fan first kind of access to my own life, and I'd tell Max she could skip the theatrical release and watch that baby at home. A 3,000 foot view of her life thus far has provided a clarity though. Pretty sure she's going to grow up vastly different than I did and be a wildly different individual. But I admit, I continue to hope she'll express some of the best traits of her mom and I. Recently, though, I've really become confident she's going to march to the beat of her own... whatever the hell new kind of drums exist in a decade or two. After all, it's not like Amelia Earhart's parents were transatlantic pilots, right? Maybe that's a bad example given the outcome, but you catch my drift. I'm pretty sure she'd much rather be the first to do something than the next in a line. Don't get me wrong, that can be amazing too. But it's not like I desperately want her to, um... Ace Ventura exposition time. <sighs> Pass through most of high school with ease only to enter college with the certainty that film and video production is a life's passion to later discover that college isn't as easy as high school, abandon the idea of being a filmmaker in favor of becoming a home brewer, spend several years turning that into an eventual career, to gladly leave it behind to raise a child and begin speaking into a microphone thus returning to an art form long forgotten and warmly embraced again after half a lifetime. <sighs> Anyway, lately I find myself considering whether or not I've lived up to the legacy left by my dad. 
At his memorial, I spoke with some of his oldest friends, and I couldn't help wondering if they saw any of him in me. I wondered if they felt, even for just a second, like they were talking with their old friend. And lucky for me, Dad never made me feel like I had to live up to him or live anything like him. I'll explain. As far back as I can remember, Dad was exceptional at delivering compliments. What he lacked in elegance, he more than made up for with his sincerity. As my sister is fond of saying, he had this ability to make you feel like you were the only person in the room. And when he felt like shining a light on you, that baby burned bright as the sun. Look at the size of the baby teeth on this kid. That's something he said all the time to anyone willing to listen regarding my prepubescent chompers. Strange thing to be proud of? Maybe. But it made me feel like a million bucks. And he knew it. When I was a little older, he'd exclaim for all to hear, Check out the size of the calves Doug has. Like two tree trunks uprooted just walking around. Yeah, maybe an even odder thing to highlight. But I'd strut like Schwarzenegger when he mentioned them. A little older still. Damn, Mary, doesn't he look just like Jim Morrison? Now, that one was a stretch. In my late teen years, I sported long, untended hair over top of my awkward year's complexion, set off by whatever goodwill clothing combo I felt was the proper mix of odd and compelling. Let me be clear. It was neither of those things. Pretty sure I looked more like one of the Lost Boys from Hook than the musical and cultural icon. Dad didn't think so, though. He was convinced, and he did his damnedest to convince anyone that I was the Lizard King come again. I was more self-aware and very self-deprecating by that time in my life. But he said it, and I believed it. Come to think of it, I did have a pet iguana back then. That's beside the point. There was one thing he and I had very much in common that I feel he was particularly tickled by. You're listening to it right now. The two of us sound remarkably similar. And I don't mean in that cliche movie way where people remark about how I sound just like him, like in Harry Potter being told how much he looked like James, but it's pretty damn close. And more than the actual tone of his voice, I was able to match the sincerity he delivered sentiment with. I've learned a lot about telling stories from entertainment at large, yeah. But it all began with me paying attention to how Dad delivered information. It wasn't uncommon for Dad to command the attention of any room he entered. But the first time I did it, I looked at him and there was no mistaking the pride in his eyes. That was one of the rare times where I could tell he saw himself in me. Usually, he was just thrilled for Doug to be Doug. I do recall one time where Dad really wanted to sell how much he and I sounded alike. There's this annual winter beer festival held out here in West Michigan, and it just so happens to fall on the weekend closest to my birthday. Mom and Dad came out, and we put a good old-fashioned hurtin' on the whole shebang. That was nothing short of a spectacle at winter events. He'd wear a giant black fur hat, an enormous down parka, and he had a whistle loud enough to be heard clear across the Great Lakes. And I don't mean one, I mean all five. But he was in my town, meeting people I had built relationships with, and he was geek beyond belief to peek into the life I was building for myself. 
I was proud to show him off, and he was proud of the young man I was becoming. Later on, we retired to a hotel room when the festival died down, and we brought some friends along. A couple more libations and a hand or two a euchre later, someone mentioned that Dad and I sounded alike. I grinned, but Dad grinned bigger. For the next five minutes, Dad engaged me in a strange but hilarious game of repeat after me. He'd say, Listen to the sound of my voice. And then I'd say, Listen to the sound of my voice. Over and over again. But pretty quick. We were pitch perfect in sync with one another. On that day, I discovered that Dad had practiced sounding like me as much as I had sounding like him. And that was one hell of a thing. Dad instilled a love for many of the things he loved in me. But he never pushed when it was clear something wasn't quite my jam. Hunting? I took the test, aced it even. Went once and never again. Waking up at the ass crack to sit in a cold tree. (laughs) He and my brother could share that, thank you very much. Acquiring, maintaining, and using all the necessary equipment to fish the big water? Nah, not my cup of extremely committal tea. Again, glad my brother took the reins there. Still, something about him enjoying those things rubbed off on me. The Venn diagram of the things he loved and the things I love boils down to just one thing. Passion. Observing the way he approached his favorite things with a ritualistic fervor inspired me to do the same in my life. He respected me and I respected him. We were far from the same, but there were similarities where it counted. I suppose it's less like we're sequels of our parents and more spiritual successors. If Dad was Jaws, I'm perfectly happy to be Jurassic Park. Now, I'll I'll tell you a little secret. Dad always wanted to be in radio. He had the voice for it, too, believe you me. But he never got the shot. I'll tell you another secret. I talk into this microphone for two reasons. One, Dad shared that desire with me. And two, sometimes, I hear him when I talk. Concerning Maxine, I think I'll be taking a page out of Dad's book. I'm already proud of every single thing she does. Maybe the proudest I've ever been in my life. But I want Maxine to feel that from me. Every day, when I see her strutting like Schwarzenegger, or whoever she eventually looks up to, I'll know I've done my job. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. Subscribe for more episodes weekly as I reminisce, reflect, and attempt to blend the past into a hopeful future. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or comment about anything, Please reach out at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. Thanks as always to Andy Bird for the use of the music in the show. And here's some Wally wisdom to close out the week. Dad was the best to watch any exciting movie with. Right at the crescendo of any flick, he'd turn to you. Whole body coming up off the couch. And he'd look you right in the eyes and he'd say, Now we're getting into some shit. Spring is sprung. 
changes in the air. Go get into some shit. I'll see you next time, folks.